Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. Hello to my loyal listeners. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We have a very famous entrepreneur on today's show. His name is Joel Clark, and he is the CEO and co-founder of Kodiak Cakes, which you might have seen before at Target or your local grocery store. They started out in Utah, and interestingly enough, I was one of the early adopters of Kodiak Cakes, not because I was, you know, a child going to the supermarket and buying it, but because my grandmother, who is very, very passionate about whole ingredients, especially whole wheat bought Kodiak cakes when they were really new. They actually, like I said, started in in Utah, but they went to a bunch of ski towns like Jackson Hole and Snowmass and throughout the West, truly. And the reason I love today's episode is because it is going to give you guys out there hope who just feel like it's not working and it's never going to work. And you have those negative thoughts creep in. Joel is going to just incredibly inspire you today because he spent over 14 years chasing this mission of getting Kodiak cakes up and off the ground. And at that point, it was just one simple product, one simple, really tasty product that is. And now they have a ton of different products. You guys, they have oatmeals, they have muffins, they have waffles, they've got the pancake mix, they've got gluten-free, they're all kosher. So many amazing things. And I have links in the show notes for you guys to check out all of their products. But today I'm really excited for you to get inside the mind of Joel Clark because he's eternally positive. He's got a great work-life balance. And again, he is my favorite mantra, never give up. You are going to laugh when you hear how many times he quit his job and then went back to Kodiak Cakes and then got another job. It's, It's just so inspiring. And I hope again that you leave today's episode feeling like you can hold on keep yourself in the game. And if you guys are new to listening and maybe you don't follow me on Instagram, I want you to know that today we are offering a $50 gift card to whoever leaves a review on iTunes in the next 24 hours of this dropping. And it will help me if you also follow on the Dare to Move podcast Instagram. So all you have to do to be applicable to be in the drawing for a $50 Kodiak Cakes gift card that Joel has so graciously offered is leave us a review. It's super helpful for us to make our way in the podcast world. And we appreciate you listening. So leave us a review, positive, negative, constructive criticism, you name it, we are open to it and you will be applicable for $50 towards Kodiak Cakes. Thank you guys so much. And without further ado, I welcome Joel Clark. Well, to get started, I like to usually jump in with a quote and then question that I ask everybody just to get my listeners a little take on who you are beyond just your title. So we're going to start today with a quote that I kind of thought of you when when I read it. And the quote is from Jeff Bezos, and it is, I knew that if I failed, I wouldn't regret that. But I knew the one thing I would regret is not trying. And I would love to know how that strikes you. 
Yeah, I think that, man, that resonates like crazy. It really does. And I think it kind of, I'll just tell you this, it kind of takes me, it takes me back to a time when in 2008, I actually left Kodiak Cakes for a while because I just, yeah, I actually left, I completely left it. And not, you know, not, not a lot of people know it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not like a widely known part of the history of Kodiak Cakes, but yeah, I left for about eight, eight months, eight, nine months. And I just was not making enough money. I had already been doing it for about 11 years, but not, not full time. A lot of that was part time on the side, just trying to get this little side gig to work. But I left cause I just wasn't making enough money. And I needed to, to just to do something else. I was kind of getting to the point where I'm like, man, if I'm going to, am I just chasing a dream forever? That's never going to work. And so what happened was I turned the company over to somebody else to run it like for a royalty. And it was small. I mean, it was a tiny little business. So I turned it over to another company to run. I didn't sell it, but I said, Hey, here you guys go. You guys can take this thing over and you can just pay me a royalty. And so I took a job and over the next like eight months, Kodiak Cake started to not do so well. And, and they, you know, some of the revenue was lost, some accounts were lost. And I had this kind of turning point and I was like 34 at the time. And so it's kind of like, you know, kind of prime, prime career building years. Mm-hmm. And so I, I watched this happen and, I'm, I'm, and I thought to myself, I'm like, look, I've already spent like 11 years of my life doing this. And so I made the decision to take the company back, which I had a right to do in the first year. And I quit my job again, which I say again, because I had already done that a couple different times <laughs> for Kodiak Cakes. <laughs> and so, so I decided this is like the third time that I had actually quit a full-time job to go and do Kodiak Cakes full-time. So, so I made the decision to quit and jump back in. And, and it was like, I kind of, you know, thought to myself exactly what you just read by Jeff Bezos. It was like, look, I'm going to dive back in and I'm going to do this and success or fail. And once I kind of made that decision, it was like, I don't care if it, if it fails, mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump back in and I'm going to, I'm going to go for it, but I'm going to see it through to the very end success or fail. And so that was actually good. Cause I, I never looked back and I, and I Incredible. took it back over and kind of had a restart and, you know, that's what, that's when I hired Cameron, who's now our president. And the two of us just started cranking on Kodiak cakes and we started to make it happen. But, but yeah, I love the quote. That's a great quote. You gotta, you gotta try, you know, you have to do it. I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's, I don't want to say a rite of passage, but I've heard that from a lot of other founders and someone recently said, burn the boats. Like, like don't have a plan B. And the other reason I yeah. love that you said that is because I have some friends that want to start companies or have talked about starting companies and their fear is when you're out of the formal job, like you don't have like a formal job with a 401k situation that you worry, well, if I don't have a job for three months and it fails, then how is that going to look on my resume? And should I stay in the company for a full year before I go off to work on my side hustle? Because I don't want that weird glitch on my resume that says I wasn't there for a full year. And I, it's like, it's about the story you tell, but what I'm curious to know is when you had the job that you went back to when you, in 2008, did you like stay up at night thinking about Kodiak cakes? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I thought about it all the time. And I think it was, it was hard for me too. It was hard for me even to take the job and to really focus on it. And I, and I remember really you know, giving it my best effort, but also feeling like, 
oh man, if I could just be in there doing it full time, I, I, you know, I, I, could, I think I could make it happen if I could just stay in there a little longer, you know? And I think that's like the, the fear is that you, you chase a dream that never works. So that's, that's always a fear that's kind of in the back of your mind, but yet also when you're, when you really are passionate about something, it's hard to not think about it and to not want to do it, you know? So that's really hard. That's really, really hard to do. So yeah, it was really, it was difficult. It was a difficult time. I, I can't wait to get into more about the length of your journey because I've you know, yeah. <laughs> read about you and, and learned about, you know, some of these stories and it's incredible that you, I, I love the hashtag never give up. Like that's just something that resonates with me. And I feel like that is so true to who you are. But before we get there, the other question I yeah. ask of all of my interviewees is I ask them to imagine they're sitting on a plane and someone asks you, what do you do? And I love to know how people respond just because some people identify differently than their title or their LinkedIn or whatever it might say about them. Yeah, that's a good question. So usually what I say is I say, I run a small natural foods company Mm -hmm. called Kodiak Cakes. And then, you know, some people have heard of it. Some people haven't. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just say, we, we started out as a, with a pancake mix. And now we sell whole grain, high protein, you know, non GMO food products in lots of different categories. And so, you know, it's really like, I kind of test to see if they've heard about it (laughs) and then if they have, then it, you know, then it provides context. And then if they haven't, that's kind of what I talk about is that we're, you know, our, the main thing that we do is we sell it's natural foods that are whole grain, high protein, all natural, non GMO. And then that kind of gets into what else we do. What other categories that we sell in? I love that. And it's, it's also kind of, again, for the person who hasn't heard of it, it's, it's another customer, right? It's like, yeah. you got to spread, spread the word. Do you know what's funny though? I used to say, like what I used to say to people when we were smaller and we were really just in pancake mix category only, people would say, what do you do? I would just say, I, I run a little pancake company, oh, <laughs> you know, and you get... You get some good, you get some good laughs out of that or, you know, some good kind of interesting looks. It's like, oh, that sounds kind of cute. Tell me more about that. You know, that's what I used to say. Oh, that's awesome. So take us back to where this started, because when I read about your story, it really started back when you were a kid. So can you tell the listeners that that story of um, where you grew up and how Kodiak Cakes has kind of been with you for longer than they might realize? Yeah. Yeah, it really has. I never thought when I was growing up that I would be selling pancake mix. You know, it was, it was an old, it was my mom's recipe. In fact, it was her dad. So really my grandpa's recipe. And it was, it was awesome. It was really, it was good. It was like my mom was into healthy eating our whole lives. She was. And when, when we were growing up, it was, everything was whole grain, you know, whole wheat. She she had her own wheat grinder in the garage and she grind fresh wheat. I know she was into it. And and she made, I mean, I grew up on green smoothie when I was like, you know, in the eighties, you know, it was green smoothie every day. And, and she would grow her own sprouts in these like little mesh framed, like uh, wire mesh things that were wood framed. And it was, <laughs> it was really, so she was way into it, but we loved her. She had this great pancake recipe. That was awesome. Totally from scratch. She'd, she'd whip up the egg whites, you know, beat up the egg whites. So they turned white and fluffy and she'd fold those into the batter. And she always had a dream to sell her pancake recipe and turn it into a mix. And so when I was eight, she made homemade pancake mixes like on the counter. She packed up these brown paper lunch sacks with all the ingredients. And then she wrote on the bags, like on these bags, how to make it like hand wrote on them, (laughs) how to make the pancakes 
It was awesome. And then we loaded up my, my little red wagon and I went out and started selling these, these pancake mixes. And so that's really like, that's like the early roots of Kodiak cakes. And then we didn't really keep going with it at the time, but it was later in the mid nineties when my, my older brother, John was talking to my mom and he's like, Hey, I want to start a business. And do you have any ideas? And she said, yeah, why don't you take the, why don't you do something with the pancake recipe? Why don't you make a product out of it? And so it was really my older brother, John, who, who took the recipe, took the idea and created the first product and created the brand Kodiak Cakes and asked me, I was 21 at the time, he asked me if I would go out and help him start selling it. And so the two of us went out and started selling Kodiak Cakes in ski towns like Park City, where we're based now, Sun Valley, Idaho, and Jackson, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And we picked up a whole bunch of gift shops with our first little product. So John ran the company for two years, selling the product to small stores and things like that on the side. And then he came to me one day in 19, at the end of 1997, and I was 23, I was a college student, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, Joel, I'm done running Kodiak Cakes. I just, I want to go back, do you want to go back to graduate school? And he's like, I, I just can't keep doing this on the side. So he's like, so if you want to take it over, it's all yours. And I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and so I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do it. So so I took it over in the, you know, the end of 1997, and I've been running it ever since. Oh, my gosh. When you were 23, did you kind of jump in with both feet, did you feel like? Or were you kind of like, I'm going to get a job, so I have, you know, start making money just out of college, and I'm going to do this as a side hustle? Or did it initially start as your full-time thing? Yeah, it initially started as a side hustle. So I was I was in school, and then I was working, like, part-time jobs. and But I think what I really wanted, I wanted it to become my full-time job, like, right away. And I think I, th- I really thought that it would. Like, I really did. Like, I when I took it over, I was like, okay, this will be awesome. I can I can do this. I can crank this thing up. And, and I can, you know, I can get this little pancake mix going. And what happened was it was a pretty big wake-up call for me because after I got into it, and I had another year, I'd say, I think, I had one more year. Yes, I had one more year of college to finish up when when I took over, and so I really remember thinking to myself: as soon as I'm done with college, I'm I'm just going to jump into this thing full time, you know. But well, I soon realized how hard it was and how how hard it was going to be to actually get to a point where I could live on it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have, you know, I really had no investment capital. Uh, I was just bootstrapping this thing along. And, and had no money to really, you know, to put into more products or to put into growth. And so the, the wake up call came pretty, pretty early on. It was like, Hey, you're going to, this is going to be a long road, mm. you know, and it's not going to be as easy as you thought. And, and I think that wake up call was, it was humbling. I think, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people when they become entrepreneurs or start a business, I think you're excited, you know, you're passionate. You're like, okay, I'm going to get this thing rocking and it's going to go fast and I'm going to build this company. And, you know, sometimes that happens for people and they get really lucky. But I think for most of us, it just is a grind for a while. You know, it just takes time. You know, you're, I think you're an entrepreneur, right? I mean, you, maybe you experience some of this stuff, but it's like, it, yeah, it's a grind and it takes time. And, and you kind of realize I'm going to have to commit to this thing for a while and I'm going to have to stay passionate. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to make it. 
you know, so that's what happened to me. It just was, it was long and hard and it was a side hustle for me for seven years before I went full time with it. Oh my gosh. Well, and then, so you, it was like 97 when you're kind of jumping in and I have to have a fangirl moment that my family, <laughs> we, we grew up going to Snowmass. My grandma has a house out there and uh-huh. she is super into whole wheat stuff and making cool. her own cookies and all like very earthy, organic everything. Yeah. And she bought Kodiak cakes, like, I feel like as soon as they were in Snowmass. And wow. so I actually mentioned to my dad last night that I had this podcast interview. And he said, wait, like the stuff we eat in Snowmass? That, that, that? <laughs> like, he was so excited because it's it's definitely a family favorite for us. And that's I, awesome. I had to, I couldn't forget to mention that. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love hearing that. So when you're working seven years, you're, I want to briefly touch on this point between from 97 to gosh, more, more than that, I guess way more than seven years from 97 till you wind up on shark tank, like talk to us about that, that gap. And one of the things I'm interested in knowing is as a side hustle slash, maybe you're getting into it more full fledged. Did you hire people? And if so, like how many people were you able to bring on to help you to be ready for shark tank? Yeah. Good question. So yeah, 1997 to 2014 was like, I mean, a slog, you know, it's like this, like, <laughs> I had a friend, another friend who's, who's got a business and he, he sometimes calls it the, the slogathon, you know, it's like <laughs> getting awesome. through, you know, it just, it just takes, it just took a long time. And, but, but yeah, 1997 till, so I'll just kind of break it up just a little bit. So 1997 to 2004. So those were like kind of the first seven years for me. So I did, I did do it one year full time. So I went, so after I finished school, then I worked for a, a consulting company, management consulting company for a couple of years. And then I did quit my job and I went full time at, with Kodiak Cakes for one year. And then I decided to go back to graduate school. And I was kind of like, man, it's either now or never. Like, I'll never do it if I don't go now. So I had this opportunity to go. And I, I hired a part-time student. He was at the University of Utah. That's where I did my undergrad. So he was there. And he and I'm like, hey, just I need somebody to come and run this little teeny business. And I told him, I'm like, his name's Dave, and we're still good friends. <laughs> and I'm like, Dave, you don't you don't need to grow it. Just I mean, just keep it alive, man. You know, I'm good with that. Just keep it alive, and 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 that's cool. So so he ran it while I was gone, and he did a great job. And then I came back from graduate school, and I couldn't go back to Kodiak Cakes because I just needed to earn more money. I had student loans now, and so I what I did is, and Dave was graduating, so he took a full time job. And so then I hired my brother-in-law and he was a student at the University of Utah. So he ran Kodiak Cakes from my, my in-law's basement okay. for another like, you know, year and a half, two years while I went back to this consulting firm. And so finally, in 2004, I got Safeway nationally to carry our product, carry Kodiak Cakes. Okay. And we just had the, yeah, yeah it was awesome. I and mean, we, we just had the one product, one SKU. And I'm like, okay, I think I could live full time on this again. So I quit my job again. That's the second time. So that was in 2004. And so I, you know, I went into Kodiak Cakes full time. And so it was just me. I set up an office in my parents' basement and my dad, he was 65 years old and he was retired and he's like, Hey Joel, how about if I help you? And we build this little company together. I'm like, let's do it. And so my dad, my dad's the, the best guy. And he, he was 65, full of energy. You would never ever in a million years know that he was 65 and had already finished up his career, you know? So here he comes 
start a business with me. And so the two of us, we spent the next four years just working on Kodiak cakes together. And we had, we had a great time. It was really fun. So we built the business from like $150,000 in total revenue <laughs> when we started, which is like nothing. And we got it up to $800,000 in revenue in 2008, at the beginning of 2008. So we got some good, you know, we had some good growth, but here we were just still kind of bootstrapping along. I was barely making any money. And at the end of 2007 is when, you know, the, the economy started to kind of blow up, kind of fall apart, you know, and, and so I just, I wasn't making enough money and fuel prices were going up. Wheat prices were at all time highs. And my dad was barely making anything. I mean, he was kind of doing it for free to help me. And so that's when I said, Hey, all right, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, so I went and took that job in, in running a little home health care agency. So I did that for the next nine months. And that's, you know, I said this already, but that's when, and then I quit and went back into Kodiak Cakes in, you know, in the end of 2008 and kind of restarted again. And so, so this is from, so this phase is like kind of 2008 to 2014. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like this restart phase. I, I went back in, quit my job for the third time to, to do this little company. And my dad by then was about 70. So he was going to retire. And so I found, that's when I hired Cameron. So Cameron Smith is our president. And he was, he, this was 2009 when I found him and he was just graduating from the university of Utah, first job out of college. And I didn't have the money to hire somebody that would, that had a lot of experience. You know, I just didn't. And I, so I needed somebody young, and I, I hoped that could just jump in and, and help me build the business and take on a lot of responsibility at a really young age. And that's exactly what he did. And so Cameron just became like, just became my, my, my right hand man, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and he, he just really became exactly what I needed and is now I made him a co-founder and he, you know, over time, just the two of us over the last 10 years, just worked side by side to build Kodiak cakes. And he just was, you know, became a real, just a real asset to Kodiak Cake. So, so he was the first real employee. And then over time we started to grow. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll just tell you 2014, you know, up to that point, we started to finally get some momentum Mm -hmm. and that 2014 really became kind of a, an inflection year for us. And so leading up into that, so we had just gotten a couple products into target, but we needed some publicity. We really needed some exposure. And so, and, but we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, we were, I think going into Shark Tank, I think the business was around two and a half million dollars in total revenue. So we were still, I mean, we were starting to get a little bit of momentum, but we were teeny and there were four people We had four employees. So Cameron comes to me one day. He's like, he's like, Joel, I'm going to try to get us on Shark Tank. <laughs> and I'm like, go to town, man. You know, I had never even seen the show. Like I knew what it was. I had seen like bits, you know, bits and pieces online or whatever, but I never watched the full episode. And so I'm like, yeah, go for it. So he sends an email into the show and I still to this day, never seen the email by the way. (laughs) So he emails the show and then like, we forgot about it. Right. I forgot about it. And a couple months later they write him back, they email him back. They're like, Hey, we really, we want to talk to you guys. We, we like your story. And so we, we want to bring you guys on the show. And so we're like, okay. So we, we, you know, he and I talked about it and we're, we went and made this video, this kind of audition video that was just junk. It was like the worst video that you could even imagine. <laughs> and we, we sent it in and they, they liked it and they're like, okay, you guys are on. We're going to bring you guys on the show. What did we and need so, to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we needed. 
So this was 2014. It well, it, it, we filmed it in 2013, and it aired in April of 2014. And that just, that like really like catapulted the business. So they talked about how you could get Kodiak cakes at Target, which is really great because that's where we had like some national distribution on our products. And people just emptied the shelves. I mean, it was unbelievable. People went to the store and they started buying it and we couldn't keep up for like the next six, eight weeks. We were just shipping a little bit of product here, a little bit of product there. And it was unbelievable. So that was incredible. And then the next thing that happened was just the timing of these two things was incredible because Shark Tank aired in April 2014. And then we launched Power Cakes, which is our protein line. Yeah. So we launched that in June of that same year. So two months after Shark Tank came out, Power Cakes goes on the shelves at Target. And it immediately became the number one selling pancake mix in the category. I mean, it just shot right to the top. And so, you know, all of a sudden we're experiencing this exponential growth. It was unbelievable. So up to that time, you know, all those years before that, it was just kind of very slow, steady, but slow growth. And then all of a sudden it just went nuts. And we were like, what in the heck is going on? Did you have to hire like more staff very quickly or were you able to kind of make, make it work for a while? Like you said you had like four employees. Yeah, we had like four, four, four and a half, maybe. Yeah. We, I think we immediately hired one more person right around that time, but, but we were able to go for a, a little while. And I think one of the things that was a real blessing for us is that we outsourced all of our production. And so we weren't manufacturing our products, but we, we, we outsourced that to another company. So we had somebody else making our products for us, which is actually pretty common in food. But that actually helped a lot because we didn't, if we had had our own like kind of small manufacturing plant, it probably would have overwhelmed us and we may not have been able to keep up, but it was, it was, we were really fortunate because the the people that, that were manufacturing for us and they still do, and they're just awesome, awesome partners. They were able to really grow with us. And they were able to grow fast with us. And so that That's huge. enabled us. Yeah, it was huge. It enabled us to really keep going and to grow quickly. So that was awesome. Did you feel ready or not ready or awkward being on TV? Was that kind of a outside of your comfort zone thing? Or were you just <laughs> like, I need this, like I'm going for it? <laughs> I guess a little bit of both. I mean, one there's one thing that I think helped. And so earlier on, so like in... 2000, well, even before this, but I used to go around like Salt Lake and do local news spots all the time. And so it was kind of like, you know, free publicity going on the news. I'd go on the news and make big recipes and talk about Kodiak cakes. So I used to do that. I did a ton of that because it was free. You know, this was like even pre-social media days. So it was like, what can you do? Like what kind of, what scrappy things can you do for marketing that don't cost a lot of money? And one of those was you know, publicity. So I used to like go after it and go on call the news and go do a spot. And, you know, I'd create recipes and I'd, I'd pitch them. And I'd say, Hey, I've got this recipe. Can I come on and, and do a segment? And they'd be like, yeah, come on, let's do it. So I got, you know, I never got like awesome at it, but I did it enough to at least feel like, okay, I, I think I can handle this, you know, <laughs> but even with that, it was nerve wracking as heck. I mean, it really was. It's like they, they kind of set it up to, to make you nervous because that's, you know, they want you to kind of, they want you to be nervous. That's good TV, right? It's like, it's reality TV. So I think another thing that we did was, so yes, it was nerve wracking, but another thing that we did that helped a lot was we went, so I had a, have a friend who has a PR company here in Salt Lake city and we went and did some media training and I had done that before, but it had been a long time. And, 
And, and I think that was honestly really helpful. So we went into his PR company and, and we just did, we, he trained us and we talked about different strategies. And so for example, when you go on Shark Tank, when you first walk down that hallway mm-hmm. and then you kind of get to the place on the carpet where you stand and where you're kind of standing the whole time talking to the sharks, mm-hmm. before you start talking, they make you stand there for a minute in complete silence. Like oh it's awkward. God. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's completely awkward. So you're standing there. And so we, you know, he knew about that and we had heard about that. So he's like, look, don't give him any weird looks. Just kind of sit there with a, with a, you know, with a kind of a half smile and don't give him any opportunity to get awkward looks that they could use against you later. <laughs> so that actually helped a lot. So, you know, yeah. So just some, you know, techniques like that, that we kind of, we just prepared. And I think it helped us to be a little less nervous. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. If you didn't know, I am the CEO, founder, and head coach at Crossroads of Fitness. And our claim to fame is the Dare to Eat Fat Loss Program. I wanted to let you know that we are actively taking on new clients. I have two other lead coaches right now. And if you are interested in losing six to 12 pounds in 12 weeks, we want to work with you. We teach what is scientifically proven to be the sustainable rate of fat loss. And you can check out the links in the show notes that will take you to our program offerings on our website. You can always email me or DM me on Instagram. I am happy to enroll you as a new client. I would love to work with you. If you have any questions, let me know and dare to eat. Did you feel like... Like, have you had a point in this whole journey where you felt, you know, your own definition of success, whether it was, you know, getting, selling the shells out at, at Target or getting picked up by other retailers? Like, what was it for you when you, when you felt that? Oh, wow. That, yeah, that's, gosh. Okay. Do you know what? That's such an interesting question because I think what's, I think what is interesting is I've never really felt that. I think there's a glimpse of that though. I've never felt, and I'll tell you why I think, I think I've never really felt that because I've always just felt, you always feel incredibly vulnerable. You know, there's never, it's like, if you have a day, like I, I find myself, like if I have a day where or maybe I, I felt like on top of the world, like I'm like, oh man, that, that, that was a good day. We're really, we're really making things happen. We're, we're, we're like seeing success. It's like those thoughts are fleeting. Like they're gone. Like the next day you come to work and then you get smacked in the face by something. And you're like, oh, okay. We're not all that. Now, you know, it's, you get humbled so fast and you're like, man, okay, there's, there's this issue. There's that issue. And you're like, man, it's just never, it never ends, you know? And I think, I think you want it to feel that way. You kind of hope that, man, you hope that, that, that you can feel like you, you've made it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you ever really do, you know? And I think that's, it's good because it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you competing. It keeps you innovating and it, mm-hmm. it keeps you feeling like you're the underdog and you've got to compete because, you know, we're competing against these big, massive companies like, like Kellogg's and, and General Mills and some of these big companies that have a lot more resources and people than we have. And so we always kind of feel like we're the underdog, just, just trying to break through and make it happen. I will tell you though, there was one time where I kind of felt like, wow, this is cool. We really did make it to this, this new level where 
we can compete. And I think what that was, was when we started to really be able to attract an incredible team of people. That's where I really felt that. That's cool. Were you just yeah, having people like e- email you guys, call you like, hey, are you hiring kind of thing? Or did you actually put something out there to the universe like, hey, we are hiring and, you know, get flooded? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. We have definitely put ads up, but I think what it was really more organic where people started to hear about Kodiak Cakes and they started to 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 think, man, I would actually want to work for Kodiak Cakes. And that's where I kind of thought, well, you know, this is cool because people actually want to work for us. You know, when you're when you're a small business and you're, you're teeny, you're you're just hoping someone will want to work for you. <laughs> you know? And so to get to a point where we had people that really, really awesome, talented, amazing people that were like would want to take a shot, take a risk, put their career on the line to come and work for us at Kodiak Cakes. Like that's pretty humbling. And I think that's where we thought, you know, maybe we do have something cool here and with the right people, we can even make it that much better. Oh, that's awesome. And I so relate to and love the underdog mindset. I think it's yeah. like really important in sports and athletics. And I would always rather be mm-hmm. the underdog. I think it's a very powerful position to be in. So I love that you said that. And in the vein of, of hiring and team and, you know, attracting people who are excited about your brand. What, yeah. This is kind of a very overarching, bigger question here. But what does leadership mean to you? I mean, you you have to obviously, or you have attracted some awesome people. But to mm-hmm. you, especially since your business is so deeply rooted in family, which is a whole other type of you know relationship. Like, how do you see leadership? Is it something that you're often mindful of? Yeah. And how has that journey been for you? I love the question. So I think for me, I'll I'll answer how I feel about that. And then I'll kind of tell you how I got there. So I think for me, what it really means is it means getting the very best out of other people. It's not about me. It's not about what, what do I do as a leader? It is not that at all. I mean, that's completely just the opposite of how I feel about it. I I really feel that if, if I'm a good leader, if I'm, if I can become a great leader, then all that really meant or means is that I was able to help other people become their very best and that they were able to make incredible contributions Mm. to Kodiak cakes and build their careers and have a great experience here. And so that's what it really means to me. So like, you know, I think when you're, when you're alone, when you're the entrepreneur all by yourself, and this is where I, what I kind of learned over time was it was about me. I had to be the one doing everything, you know, and that's hard. But I had to be self-motivated. I had to get out of bed and and remain passionate about Kodiak Kids, you know, over the, for years. Yeah. For years, just sticking it out. I mean, the fact that Kodiak Cakes is still around today is incredible, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it was more about, it it is more about the entrepreneur when it's, when you're small, but, but as you grow it, then it needs to not be about you anymore. It needs to become about everyone else. And that's how you can really build a great business. That's going to be sustainable. That's going to be around for a while is you kind of have to, you step aside in a lot of ways, you know, and you let other people come up and, and bring their incredible, incredibly creative minds and, and make contributions. And so I think, and then you start to learn what you're not good at. You know, that, that starts to set in pretty fast and you start realizing, wow, well, I'm, I'm just not good at everything. I've got to get really good people around me 
to support me. And, and maybe, you know, maybe I can focus on one or two things that I can do pretty well, but, but everything else I've got to find others to do. And I think where that really started to set in was, yeah, obviously when you first start hiring people, but over time, as we grew, that became more and more clear that I needed to grow with the business. I needed to scale. Not only did the business need to scale, but I needed to scale as a leader and become a CEO, not just a small business owner. And I think, I'll be honest, I think that was something, Garrett, that I under-anticipated really? as an entrepreneur. Oh, absolutely. I think I, think I really... Was it like the trust or the, the worry that you've lived with for so long of like, I want this to work, that you worry if you step away that it's not? Or was it just, yeah, tell me about it. Well, yeah, I think what it was, what I anticipated was just how hard it would be for me to scale and to become, you know, a leader of a bigger team of people, because I think it's just a different set of skills. You know, it it becomes more about everybody else than just about you. I, I don't think there's enough people talking about, you know, the transition that an entrepreneur makes as the business really grows into what it is like to run a big business and become a CEO and not just a small business owner. And that transition can be hard and not everybody wants to make that transition. You know, sometimes you grow a business and, and you may hire a CEO to come in and run it, you know? So, you know, a lot of people do that and and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, not everybody wants to do that. And I think at some point, you know, if this thing kept growing and growing, it might, it might outgrow me, you know, I'm still here and I'm having a great time and I think I've got a ways to go, but, but, you know, I could, who knows? I mean, maybe I can keep going with it, but maybe I can. And that's okay. If I, you know, I think once entrepreneurs kind of realize that, then you realize that, Hey, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go as long as I can. And if I can keep going and keep scaling and keep learning about leadership, then you're fine. You can keep going, you know, as long as you can. So, but I think that's just, that was really interesting for me and was something that, that I definitely under anticipated. And so what do I do now? I mean, I, I really do study leadership. I read a lot of books. Cameron and I talk a lot about leadership and how are we, you know, are we scaling along with the business and we're trying to stay with it. Mm-hmm. And so those are just things you got to keep talking about and thinking about. That's so incredible. I'm curious to know how, if at all, your family dynamic has shifted because you said your older brother had initially been running with it, like when you yeah. went to college. And so did he come back into the picture? Has he helped along the way? You know, is your dad still engaged in any way that, you know, you, you guys talk about it? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So what happened was after, after I took over, from my brother, John. So John then pursued his own career in healthcare. So he went into like hospital administration and he never came back into the business, but he, he and I stay, you know, he has ownership in the business. So he retained some, some ownership in it. And so that's been great. It's kind of kept us talking about it and it's, it's been a common, you know, it's been something common in our lives that we've been able to have, although he hasn't worked in it day to day. But yeah, he was a, a board member for a long time. And so we would talk about it all the time. And then my dad as well, like once he retired, he, he didn't come back into it, but he would do projects for us. Sometimes he formulated some products for us, yeah. you know, and he, and he, and my dad was on the board for a long time too. And then, and then my dad has some ownership in it as well. So there is still, there definitely are still ties. But they're not involved day to day, and I think it's that's been okay. I mean, it's been it's been good. We're, we've it, it's been a great thing for all of us, and I think it'll 
benefit all of us in different ways. But yeah, I think those those types of dynamics can be tricky for some people. You know, some people just remain a family business and, and lots of family members work together over time and that can work. And I think the way that we've done it has worked out really well for us. That's awesome to hear. I think you're right. It can be tricky. I think those dynamics can be tricky, but it sounds like you guys have a good groove with it now. And I just love this story in that multiple parts of the family have had their own contribution along the way. Yeah, it's, it's really definitely. Mm-hmm. How do you, like as you scale as a leader and as you work on your approach as a CEO and wearing that hat, how do you also you know, not only stay on top of it all, but balance family and like work life balance. Do you have mm-hmm. anything you do on a daily or weekly basis that keeps you happy or motivated or, you know, on track? Yeah, it's never, that's never easy. And I think that's a, that's a challenge that, you know, if so many, so many people in the world struggle with, but I, it gets more on my mind because I have a, I have a daughter who's about to graduate from high school this, this summer. And so like, I'm thinking even more and more about that. Cause I, I'm scared. Like, am I getting enough time with her and with the family and she's going to be going to college? And, you know, so that's like, I'm coming up on that and, and I'm not looking forward to that. But I mean, I guess a couple things I, I have, I have never been one of these, you know, 80 hour a week guys. I've just never done that. You know, I've, I've put, I've, I have worked long weeks and when I travel, those can be really super long weeks. But, but usually when I'm here and I'm in town, I, I'm, I'm usually heading home. I'm usually leaving the office by five thirty, and I'm home by six, you know, once in a while it's a later night, but it's not that often. I think it just takes kind of planning. I think it takes trust. You know, you, you, we were talking about our, you know, before we were talking about the team that we've built. And I think it helps. It's like find really good people and that you can trust and that you can empower. And that really helps because then you you feel like you can, can take off and, and, you know, you've empowered other people to to do their jobs and and they're going to do a great job. And that helps a lot. But I do think there is one other thing that, that we do that is maybe more of a, I don't know, maybe it's more tangible is that we do plan, like we plan, stuff to do together as a family. And I think that's really, really important. So like, I mean, a couple things we do, like we, we try to have dinner at night together, like every night. And it's not always possible because people are playing sports. You know, some of my kids are doing different things, but we try to sit down and eat dinner together every night when possible. Like that's part of the plan. And then we plan trips. I mean, we actually put things on the calendar and and make sure that we're deliberate about Mm. our family time. You know, that we're, we're doing things together. We're going on a trip or, or this weekend we're going to do this and we're going to do that. So we, we make efforts to just plan things. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things to do is just put things on the calendar mm-hmm. and make it happen. So I think that's helped a lot. I think that's a really good advice because people always talk about it or say, oh, when I finally have time, but if you don't put it on the calendar, it's not going to happen. And those trips uh, and even just dinners, I miss that about, you know, growing up, we did that as a family too. And that's awesome. They're like the best memories. They really are. And I I appreciate you saying that. I think a lot of people need to be reminded of that because it's so easy to just eat quickly and sporadically and all of that. Yeah. I think that's really, really good advice. And I'd love to know what else you are, aside from maybe some cool trips, what are you jumping out of bed for? What's getting you excited right now? <laughs> well, always new products. Like that's like one of the things that I look forward to in Kodiak Cakes the most is like the new product pipeline and what are we launching? And so I'm, I'm still really involved in that. Like we have a new product development meeting 
every week and it's like i love the meeting it's like we're talking we're we're, we're following up on the new product process and where we are and and then talking about what's next and what else are we going to launch and i think the reason why i get so excited about that is it feels like kind of starting a new business every time right it's like okay we're going to launch it does it's like okay we're going to launch this new product and 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 it feels like a startup again it's like okay here we go we'll let's see if this is going to work i mean it may not work but let's hope it does and and that's like incredibly fun and so i get i get excited about that that's super cool. I actually put on my Instagram story that I was going to be connecting with you. And if, if anybody had any questions and somebody actually asked, they said, I wonder if they'll ever get into or break into the overnight oat trend. And so I guess this is kind of a two mm. question. If you guys are, because there's so many trends, right? With natural foods and just the wellness space and how conscious consumers are now becoming with what they yeah. put in their bodies and the quality of food that they're eating. And so I'm just curious on maybe your approach to what's going on in the industry and how you decide what you're going to launch next. And then, you know, why you would or wouldn't maybe go for something that's trendy like overnight oats. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's a good one. I'll tell you this. We are going into the oatmeal category, for example. So we do have oatmeal in a cup. Yeah. And yeah, I got it. <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome. And so though that one's actually funny because sometimes it's us looking at a category and thinking about a certain category that we think needs innovation, right? And so often we'll go after a category that is maybe a quiet category that hasn't seen a lot of innovation, that needs innovation. That's kind of been our main strategy. But the oatmeal category was a little different because we created these oatmeal. Our first oatmeal in a cup was, I think, in 2013. And we were, as far as we know, the first to launch like a high-protein oatmeal in a cup. But, you know, they just did okay, and we were focused on other categories, and we weren't focused on that category. And so last year, we were, we were thinking about getting out of that, just kind of discontinuing those products. And one of our buyers came to us and said, in fact, it was our target buyer. He came to us, and he's like, hey, I think you guys could do really well with oatmeal on a cup. You know, if you guys just redid your oatmeal and kind of relaunched it. And at first, we were like, really? Because, you know, that category didn't really feel to us like it needed – like it was a dead category. It felt like it had, had some innovation, you know, and, but he's like, I really think you guys could do great. And so we, we, we thought, well, let's give it a shot. So we revamped our oatmeal and we put it into the stores and it did great and it's really doing well. And so that was really more of an example where the buyer came to us and said, Hey, here's an opportunity. I think you guys could do really well here. And so then we launched, so now we're launching into kind of your single serve instant oatmeal packets. Mm -hmm. And so those will launch, you know, in a couple months. So we're excited about those. So my point of that is overnight oats is that could happen. I mean, that's a great idea. And, and that could be another innovation for us to kind of do something different in the overnight oat space. Yeah. So cool. Love the question. Yeah. Of course. I think, you know, it's, I see, I always saw overnight oats as like things people just make on their own, you know, at home with any type of oatmeal, whatever brand they're using. And then we've recently, I actually teach fitness classes at Barry's Bootcamp, but we've had a couple different brands come in as like mm -hmm. to test out with us. And, and I think cool. there's like a lot of storage issues with that, which is probably a whole other ball game, but there's so many yeah. things. And I think that it's awesome that you guys are still innovating and, you know, going beyond the initial recipe. I'd love to know who has inspired you in your life, because I feel like you've had probably some great influences and then, you know, before this journey and during this journey. 
Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> it's uh, it's funny people people talk about their parents, but I mean, I really will say my dad has inspired me a ton. Like he he taught school, so he he didn't make a lot of money doing that, but he always had a side hustle going on, a business, side business. And he was really entrepreneurial. And I think I learned a lot of, or got a lot of my entrepreneurial drive from my dad. And so he was the type of guy that was like, look, nothing's going to get handed to you. If you want it, you go get it. You're just as talented, just as capable as anybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. So if, if anybody, why not you? You know, if anybody can do it, why can't you do it? And so I, I think he really, he really did inspire me a lot. And I, I, I really felt like I learned that mentality from him. He was really kind of a self-reliant type of guy that was going to go after it. And he loved teaching. Like he loved it. And he had a huge impact on kids. But he knew, and he knew that, he, that he could have made a lot more money other places and he had other opportunities to quit that at times in his life and go and, and do other things. And so, but he didn't, he stuck in, he stuck with it because he loved it, but he didn't ever feel sorry for himself. He just went out and did other things to make it work, you know, to make enough money. And so when he did get into business with me, when he was 65, he just did incredibly well. <laughs> you know, he's a great sales guy. And so he was awesome. But so yeah, definitely he, he inspired me a lot, I would say. Oh, that's so great. I appreciate you sharing that. What advice do you think you can give to entrepreneurs and, you know, maybe speak to the ones that are in early stages of their business or someone who is, you know, also trying to scale themselves as a CEO, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever you feel like you want to say to the universe. Yeah. Great. No, I, I would say two things. So the first one would be like if, you know, to, to people who are thinking about starting a business or just kind of have this itch inside that mm-hmm. says, Hey, I, I kind of want to be an entrepreneur. What I always say to people is I say, just start, Ooh, just so start <laughs> doing stuff. Just, just, you know what you do? You, you, you pick a night a week. And I've done this before because before when Kodiak cakes was kind of bumbling along and I didn't know if it was really going to work. I, I used to set aside one night a week. And I, in fact, a, a friend and I, for a while, we worked on another business where we would meet one night every week at like seven o'clock and we work on it for a couple hours. And I think, I think the thing to do is just, just start, because if you do, you'll start going down the road and that's what you've got to do before you can get enough information. So you might go down the road and you might be like, man, I've been working on this for six months and now I actually think it's a dumb idea. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do something else. Or you might get down the road and go, wow, this idea is even better than I thought. It's an even better idea than I thought. And so you keep going and it turns into something. So I'd say that. And then I think for other people that are kind of in the trenches that are in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to figure out how to stay in there longer. I mean, that, that is, I mean, unless you just flat out know this is, this is dead. I've got to stop doing this. But if you're not sure, then you've got to figure out ways to stay in there longer. And I think that's the only reason Kodiak Cakes is still here today is because I was able to figure out how to stay in it longer. And so I would give myself these like six month goals and I'd say, all right, if these things don't happen in the next six months, I'm going to quit. I'm going to be done because that's how I'll know that it's not going to work. But then little by little, they'd happen. You know, these little, these goals I would set, they'd happen. And so I'd be like, okay, I got to stay in another six months. So I would keep going. And I think it's just a matter of time sometimes on these businesses. Sometimes they take longer and sometimes you take longer as an entrepreneur to figure it out. And that's okay too. You know, I like that six month timeline because things never seem to happen. I feel like as fast as we want them to. 
And in the grand scheme of things, six months is not a lot of time. But if you've never started, six months can feel probably like a lot of time. Yeah, it does. It can. And I think the other thing, like you mentioned before, it's like, you know, people worry a little bit about what's your resume going to look like if you have this empty space, right? And I used to worry about that a little too. And I, I worried about like my early part of my career and was I, you know, the opportunity cost of chasing this business and not having a job where, where I'm building skills. And that's a fear at times and that's a concern and it's hard to deal with that. But I think on the other hand, I don't think it matters as much because I think employers like look at that and go, man, you gave it a shot. That's really cool. That shows drive. That shows passion. That shows proactive thinking. And so I think, you know, from my perspective, if somebody came to me and said, Hey, I tried to start a business that's why I have nothing, you know, I wasn't working at a normal job for the last two or three years. I was pursuing this business idea and it just, it didn't work. So I'm, I'm back to trying to find a job. I'd be like, man, good for you. That's awesome. I'm not going to hold that against you. That's actually a pro for me. I think it's, I think it's a benefit. And I think the person would actually be a better employee after having an experience like that. So I wouldn't worry so much about that. I think that's really good advice. And I think a lot of people need to hear that. So that gives a lot of people hope today. And I I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to talk to the listeners who don't maybe know about Kodiak Cakes. Like what is so awesome about it? I give, I always give a formal, uh, you know, introduction before our recording begins Mm -hmm. with each episode, but I want you to like speak to them and talk to them about it and like why you love it and so that they can know about it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we talked about how we started out as a pancake product. I mean, that was really what we were for a lot of years was, was whole grain pancake mix and made of natural ingredients that tasted good. So we've really gone after like the main things that we've really tried to pursue are taste, nutrition, and convenience, like all in one. Mm -hmm. And so that, those have been kind of the pillars that we've tried to, to to incorporate in all of our products. They've got to taste good or or no one cares. We wanted products that were healthier. And so everything we do is all always whole grain. We don't use white flour. We don't use refined flours. So whole grains and then natural non-GMO ingredients. And so started out as pancakes, but then wanted to, we always felt like we could do those, that same platform in other categories, you know? And so, now we're in frozen waffles, we're in oatmeal, we're in baking mixes. We have lots of high protein baking mixes. And then I didn't mention protein, but protein came later. You know, that came in 2014. But that's become like a real pillar for the brand too. And so we have all those different categories that we're in. And now we're just getting ready to launch graham crackers, like kind of bite-sized graham crackers. Yeah, they're awesome. Mm. And so it's like a whole grain, high protein graham cracker. And so we're really excited about that. So, you know, going forward, it's going to be where else can we take whole grains, high protein and great tasting products in, you know, what categories in the grocery store need that type of innovation? And that's where we're going to go. Well, thank you for that. I I also read that you guys are kosher. Yep, we are. And you have gluten free options, which is awesome. Yeah, like that's you know that if you if you weren't able to go there, you'd miss out on a lot of the market. So it just shows. I, I feel like you guys are so innovative, and I've loved learning more about your journey and your story and how you approach business because it's inspiring to know how long you've hung in there and what you've been able to do with that never give up attitude. So thank you so awesome. much for sharing today. I, I appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Garrett. It's been fun to talk to you.
If you guys are putting up your preach hands and nodding your head yes to things that are said either out of my mouth or out of my interviewees' mouths, and you so, so, so relate, we would absolutely love to see you post about our podcast in your Instagram stories. Please also comment on our Instagram Dare to Move podcast posts. If you do a post in your stories three times and you comment on one of our podcast posts and you give us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you are using, we will be rewarding one lucky person every month with a $100 gift card to Amazon. Your comments, your feedback, your critiques, and your reviews are so helpful to us. So thank you for those of you who have done them. And please, please, please help us out if you are enjoying our content. It helps us out when you share it with your community and when you tell iTunes that we're doing a great job. So please comment, please share on Instagram in your stories, please comment on our Dare to Move podcast post and we will enter your name into a drawing for a hundred bucks. Easy money, guys. Thanks again. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to connect, you can reach me at Garrett N. Wood on Instagram or the podcast Instagram at Dare to Move Podcast. Imagine that. I hope you have an amazing day. And just so you know, our podcast is where we explore all the productivity hacks, business scaling tools, and unique characteristics and personality traits of entrepreneurs leading the way in the portfolio lifestyle. Get inspired, gain actionable steps, and feel like you're connecting with genuine people who are making an impact all by way of careers which they designed. And that being said, if you are someone doing any of the aforementioned, I would love to have you on the show. I obviously explore my network and reach out to the people I know, but I want everyone to have an opportunity. So do not hesitate to reach out and request an interview. And let me know if you know somebody who you think would be really exciting for the Dare to Move podcast to interview. I hope you have an awesome day. And as always, dare to move. <laughs>